you're still mine. And uh, now welcome uh, Susie Grogan's Talking Books. Good morning. And we're all rushing about here this morning because my guest has had a really long journey in and it got really slow, only about Taunton. <laughs> um, I've been ticked off for slamming the doors when in the studio because I was so relieved to see her. So <laughs> we'll all take a deep breath. <laughs> it's such a beautiful morning. We can't get in a state. We must all sort of calm down and feel the benefits of this wonderful spell of weather we've been having and uh, all that green showing through and reminding us that new life springs from old and we can hopefully look forward to some warm days ahead especially in two weeks time that's for definite um a keep us in the upbeat mood the guest in the studio this morning is someone who's been here a couple of times before and on her previous visits has always warmed the proverbial cockles with her feel-good fiction her inspirational approach to books and publishing and her love of village life and one day i'll get round to finding out how she maintains her work rate (laughs) (laughs) and she certainly puts me to shame so welcome back debbie young and thank you for coming all that way this morning and it's how long has it taken you well it's not it it was about two hours actually it should have been about an hour and a half but uh, traffic was getting yes. a bit busy around Taunton I was a bit worried that I'd get all the Easter holiday traffic but I'd, I don't know what they're all doing to, in Taunton but <laughs> lots of people <laughs> driving all around gone in cars the, very slowly they've all gone to the beach long ago <laughs> don't we <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, we've had more than three days in a row of sunshine, so everybody's know, feeling a little mad. bit more confident. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, first of all, congratulations are in order because you're, after years of writing lovely short stories, your first novel's been published. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, the Best Murder in Show was published on the 1st of April, so a very memorable date. <laughs> yes, not in April Fool's, not in April Fool's, <laughs> on everything. <laughs> Um, so it was out in ebook initially, and I'm doing the official launch of the paperback on the 22nd of April at the Hawkesbury Upton Literature Festival, which is the festival that I founded and direct in my home village of Hawkesbury Upton on the edge of the Cotswolds. Um, and uh, it's the perfect, perfect timing for me because really village life and the life of the community, the small community in which I've lived for the last 26 years, have been a lot of the inspiration behind mm. the book, which, um, although it's a murder mystery, is actually a celebration of community life as well. Now, yes. a feel-good murder mystery might sound like a contradiction. I know, but terms. you see, I've, had a, <laughs> I've been lucky enough to read it already and... Um, I mean, already looking forward to the next one for starters, and like you say, it is. It does feel like you've been inspired by where you live. I mean, it's full of committees, and yes, <laughs> I've been on most of them Groups. as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, one of the one of the many committees that that one of the many groups that features in the novel is the is the show committee responsible for organising the village show, the classic um, English horticultural show. And uh, where I live, we had one, we've we've got the longest running one in the country, longest continuous running village show, which mm. is the biggest day of the year. And I was on the show committee for 13 years. Um, I didn't realise how long it had been until they actually thanked me for doing 13 years service <laughs> when I finally found it in myself to stand down. And the, these little villages, I mean, people who live in big cities can be dismissive of them and, and really not 
get them, not understand what they're about. So I'm hoping that as well as providing entertainment, my novel will also make people realise just how much of human life or all of human life is in is in these small villages. Either that or it'll make them think, well, I'm going to have to under the duvet or I'm going to be on every committee within two weeks of the village well that does happen if you're not careful I mean as, as Sophie finds herself roped into the, the leading character, central character in the book finds herself within um, sort of a, a, a few days of moving into the village she's already on a committee uh, that pretty much happened with, with me in, in my community because I've been on I was on the PTA of the primary school for seven years um, I set up the uh, fun run the annual 5k fun run about five six years ago um in league with the school and and was um driving that for about the first four years i think and then stood down from that um i'm on the wi but i've managed to avoid joining that committee so far <laughs> yes, that's got to be for recreation surely there must be yes. something for recreation and cake yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> but funnily enough um the wi is a great source of uh entertainment as well because we also bring people in from outside the village mm. and another previous guest of yours Lucienne Boyce yes. was our guest speaker at the WI this week and yes. was very interesting talking about her Bristol Suffragettes book yes she um, came on a, it's a couple of years ago since she was on talking about that so yes. she's been on twice yes. yes and now of course she's just got her um sequel about to come out for her um Dan Foster mystery, Bloody yes. Bones. Now stop advertising <laughs> other people's books. <laughs> Best murder in show. Yes, Lucienne is fabulous and Bloody Bones is also fabulous. We, I think I mentioned it even as one of my books of the year last mm. year when we had a little bit of a review because I, I thought it was wonderful stuff. But Best murder in show is slightly different, isn't it, in that when I read it, I think the first thing I thought was... This is one of those books that's going to be a cross genre, isn't it? You've got a little bit of a rom com going on there yeah, as well. <laughs> it's yes, it's um, it's interesting because I started out thinking it was going to be a murder mystery, and the characters took over. Mm. And I mean, you know, you sometimes you hear writers say, "Oh, well, the characters wrote the book," and it sounds a bit pretentious, but it really happens. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you yes. sort of fall in love with Hector in the yes, <laughs> lovely Hector. I have to say, whatever, whatever we would all like um to happen to us we will very rarely in rural communities be lucky enough to have a bookshop like hector's house yes <laughs> yes 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 i've had a lot of fun with that because um i for for another one of the things i do in the village is that i've set up second-hand book stalls in the village in the village shop mm. and the little village hairdressing salon which mm. have been raising money for the village school library mm. for many years and i would love to have a bookshop in the village and um so I've put one in here, but it's it's got other means of keeping going quite apart from selling books. So it's got a tea shop, for example. I won't say more than that. Um, but uh, it has, it, in the same way that farmers need to diversify, these little shops need to diversify mm. as well, um, because otherwise they just can't keep going. And in fact, we've, we've had interesting developments in, in Hawkesbury, up to our, our village shop, which was struggling, has just been transformed um, Archer's style into a community store, community-owned mm. store. So I'm now a shareholder in the village shop, as are hundreds of other people yes. in the village, um, all having little tiny shares. Um, 
and uh, that's now going to be we've got some grants for it now because it's a community organisation and they're now going to start a tea room with a little second hand bookshop in the corner which is sounds like my book's happening (laughs) can I come and live there no I mustn't say that I don't live in actually I'd quite like to move back (laughs) it's very special isn't it having that kind of you can walk down the street and people will know i mean yes maybe yeah. some people don't find that comfortable but other people it's just so nice to think well if something was wrong or if you yeah. needed a hand with something or if you wanted all your prescriptions out in public on the counter as the woman in the community <laughs> shop manages to <laughs> Yes, I mean, you'd, it, it wouldn't suit everybody um, to have everybody knowing your business, but the upside of that is that you know everybody else's business. Yes, <laughs> so it, works. it cuts both ways. But so I know I've had friends staying from from um, London who said, "Oh, but how do you cope without a Chinese takeaway?" Mm-hmm. That is oh. not the important part of life, you know. <laughs> or people saying, "But, but you haven't got net curtains. Don't, don't, don't you mind people looking in your window?" And you think, "Well, no, I know them all. It doesn't matter. You know, it's nice. Yes. And I like looking in their windows too." You know? Yes, absolutely. And, and, uh, and a few years ago, I had a, uh, an American friend's teenage daughter come to stay with me, and she'd never been abroad before, I don't think. And um, the first, I think, the first day that she was in the village she went out for a little walk um to have a look around by herself and people were saying oh hello you're marissa right oh you're the new american you're debbie's american friend aren't you she said, how did they know <laughs> Spooky. But, but, but they just do you know word gets around people know your business and and um a community like that is so supportive when mm. things go wrong mm. um as as they inevitably inevitably do mm. um and yes, it's generally a, a speaking, not a village shows and death. And not generally murders, murders. No, we've had most things in where well, I live, but no murders <laughs> yet that I know of. Um, but um, um, yes, the 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 name of your heroine is yes. inspired by somebody yes. we both love, Sophie Sayers. Yes, when I was a teenager, I read for the first time the Lord Peter Whimsey detective stories by Dorothy L. Sayers, mm. and completely fell in love with both her writing and with himself yes. as well. Um, although, I mean, they're, they're golden age detective stories now, which, of course, very much back in vogue. Yeah. Real revival, lots of yeah. reprints going on. Um, I still have the very battered um, paperbacks fall from, the, from the 70s so that are falling apart now. Yes. Um, but just love them. And I've read them so many times. And the writing is intelligent and cultured and sophisticated but also very accessible because she was a real sort of um academic donish type and quite an eccentric lady um but she wrote so beautifully about so many different kinds of people in different settings um and they, they are just completely captivating and later on um in the series he there is a romantic interest as well yes uh it's almost as if she's written herself into the book to to uh, because she's also fallen in love with love her with own her. hero yes. so, and um, he develops doesn't he and perhaps yes. into her ideal man yes. by the end of the book because he's yes. certainly a bit of a chump at the beginning yes in yes. some senses yes. a, bit, a bit jeeves and worcester exactly yeah he becomes very clever and intelligent and his remarks are far more witty and, and very the, sensitive and mm, and, and yes. Uh, yes you know so so yes so i wanted to um, in the same way that MC, well, I don't know if MC Beaton consciously did this, but with her heroine Agatha Raisin yes. in her um, 
village mystery books. Yeah. Um, I've always assumed that she'd named her after Agatha Christie because Agatha's a pretty unusual mm, name these days. Um, and I really wanted to, and I love Agatha Christie as well, but I really wanted to pay tribute to Dorothy L. Sayers. Mm. And I would, when I started writing it, I was going to call the... Um, lead character Dorothy but in fact then we acquired a cat <laughs> who acquired the name of Dorothy <laughs> so I had to go for Sayers <laughs> well, I but I think it suits her I read at the same time as I was reading Dorothy L. Sayers I was reading Nio Marsh who is also very similar because um, Roderick Allen who is her hero um, he too has a romance as the series goes on and he is wonderful I'm slightly in love with Roderick <laughs> Allen and I think a lot of people are so I'll have to write a series with a heroine called Nio the trouble is nobody knows how to pronounce it when they see it but I mean there's certainly going to be a series of these books isn't there yes I've got it's 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 quite strange actually how how it's evolved because I started the whole idea started about three years ago when I was on a writer's retreat um in on Ithaca which Ooh. incredibly lucky I was I was actually invited to go there as a speaker about mm. publishing which was wonderful um and um I'd always written short stories and because my background was in journalism I'd written lots and lots of short form although if you'd asked me when I was a teenager what I would do when I grow, grew up I would say well I'll write books meaning by books meaning novels mm. so always expected to write novels but actually have been in the meantime um fallen into the habit of writing short stories which mm. I love writing yeah. um, and will continue to write but of course they're not nowhere near as commercial as novels so anyway when I was on the um the uh, at the writers retreat it, it was quite a small intimate one run by a lovely um Australian author who lives in Greece called Jessica Bell um and we were all talking about sort of you know what we really wanted to write and all of us um came up with suddenly realized that we wanted to write something com- completely different to what we'd originally thought when we when we joined the retreat mm. it's only a week long so it wasn't like sort of a commune or anything <laughs> <laughs> but, but jessica came away say realizing that what she and she'd written novels and poetry um and a lot of songs as well she's a singer songwriter and um she said what she she realised what she really needed to write was her memoir because she'd had a very interesting upbringing uh, by some rock star Australian parents, um, very unusual, unorthodox background, um, and she needed to come to terms with it and write about it. And she's just published published it. Well, she publishes next month, mm-hmm. so that was sort of her light bulb moment on mm-hmm. the retreat. And mine was thinking, now I've got to write. I I know I can write novels now and I feel confident now's the time to start but I thought initially that it was going to be a a novel set at a writer's retreat on Mm. a little island um, because there were just so many ideas jumping out and it was a wonderful place to be and uh, so anyway so I I wrote during NaNoWriMo um a couple of years ago, I wrote the first uh, NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo just for National everybody just know month. National Novel yes. Writing Month. It's November, and you yes. have to write fifty thousand words in a month in a without month. stopping, not worrying about editing and all yeah. that palaver. It's a good way to get the words flowing up to a point, but you really yes. need to prioritise on it. And I've got two that. NaNoWriMo completed <laughs> ones, and I can't bear to look at them because they need so much editing. So wow. they have gotten. They have got a disadvantage. Do yeah, you think? I mean that's that's the thing because the 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 one that I wrote about, which was going to be set on the Greek island, and I don't, I don't think I actually finished it in the end, but but I wrote like mad for for that November, um, and and I got to the end of it and I thought, no, this is all wrong. It's um, it's not right. There's, there needs to be a prequel. This isn't where the story starts, mm. you know, because it, it was still Sophie there. 
um, but she's quite a different Sophie to, to how she's evolved mm. now. And I thought, no, what happens first is that she has the she moves to this village, um, inherits the cottage from her travel writer aunt, mm. great aunt, um, and that's where she gets her writing ambitions, and that's why she's going on the retreat because she mm. needs inspiration. Um, and so I thought, no, I'll write the, the the prequel for that. So so. And then that's when I started to develop Sophie as is now mm. and all of the other characters and the setting and the storyline. And then I was speaking to another author friend, David Penny, who writes historical mysteries, and he, and he said, no, no, you can't, you can't move us. Everybody will, will want to see mm. more of Wendelberry Barrow, where she, where she moves to. Um, you can't have the next book going to Ithaca. They'll miss all these lovely characters, yes, the shopkeeper. and they're a little bit longer. Yes, yeah. So now um, the writer's retreat is still going to happen but that's going to be book six of a seven book series and the seven book series is going to run the course of a village year so it's um so the so book two is going to be trick or murder which is set at um just in october november this book best murder in show finishes in september um so trick or murder starts september october time and runs through halloween and um, Guy Fawkes night because what happens there is this, this um, very um, awkward vicar comes to to the village yes. and declares that Halloween is pagan and should be abolished oh, and the school can't have idea. their PTA disco um, and uh, and the Halloween costumes are a main uh, one of the ways that the village shop has diversified mm. and so that's disaster for the village shop because she's going to lose lots of money so there's all sorts of goings on there and um, and he compensates by having a Guy Fawkes party um offering a free Guy Fawkes party um and uh so anyway so that that takes us up to just after Guy Fawkes so that the second book will finish after Guy Fawkes night and there's all sorts of goings on and the inevitable mystery mm-hmm. um and then the following one will be um I haven't quite decided whether to call it murder in the manger or, may- or mayhem in the manger because murder in the manger I don't I'm very careful I don't want to upset people you know and although um, oh yes, Debbie Young, controversial author, doesn't sit well. <laughs> so with my mad vicar in book two, you know. <laughs> so so I'm treading a very careful line, but yeah, because I'm your audience. <laughs> yes. um, although. Um, because I know, I mean, one of the other committees I'm on is the Friends of St Mary's, <laughs> one of oh. the village church. So I'm, I'm sort of in with all the sensitivities there. But then there, there were some as well, dark so. sides of the of the Christmas story as well. I mean, it's not all. Oh yes, it's yes. all happy birthday, no, is it? So no. you could perhaps yes. do that. So you I think there is an allusion Herod to, to Herod as yes. being uh, being the murder, the Christmas murder, um, but. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a lot, there's endless fun that could be had. I think the, the next, um, then there's one that leads up to Valentine's Day, then Easter, um, then it will be the the sort of holiday special going to Ithaca, but then coming back for the end of end of school term um, and a body being found in the lost property cupboard at the end of term. <laughs> how, are you, how, are you, how long is it going to take you to write this series over a year, though? Is Sophie going to be 45 by the time she... She's, she's annoyingly young, I must say. <laughs> so clearly not me. Or me. But how I would like to have been when I was that age. I'm very, I'm very fond of her, I have to, I have to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I've written the first draft of books two and nearly finished the first draft of book three. So book two has been sitting in the proverbial drawer to, mm. to sort of ferment a little bit while I finish writing.
editing book three so then um in may i'll be editing book two and that i'm hoping will be launched um in the summer so that it's ready for people to read in sort of back to school Mm. mode for halloween and then the christmas one will be out um in October, in the run-up to Christmas. Mm. Um, so I'm planning, because they're quite short books. I mean, it's 60,000 words, as it's, so it's many books Agatha in this Raisin. genre is. Yeah, yeah it is, people if want you love Agatha like Raisin um, or Hamish Macbeth yes, or anything yes. MC Beaton or... Well, they are mostly that yeah. length, aren't yeah. they? And like yeah, and Agatha Christie as well. I mean, they're quite yes. short as well, aren't yeah, they? And, and there's, are. there's more of a movement, more of demand, I think, now for shorter reads because people are so time-pressed. And yes, I think they want that speedier gratification. And you do. don't need the story to be any longer than that. Um, I, w- I would... Um, when I'm editing them, they edit down quite a bit. I cut mm. out superfluous words because I don't want to keep words in just for the sake of keeping them up to a, a decent um, page. I mean, this has come out at, two, what, 210 pages. That's classic. Um, classic. No, is, in fact, I, when yeah. I look at books now, if it's a detective story... I don't want it to be 500 pages no, long. No. It's difficult to maintain the suspense and the yes. storylines, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I pick up books to read now, I, they have to, I have to be really committed to take on reading a book that's more than about three or 400 pages. Mm. You know, I have to think that's got, it's got to be a really good, compelling read, and I've got to have mm. a really good reason for putting so much of my time into reading that book. Yes. And I do read a lot of books. I read and review loads yes. and loads of books. Um but not very many really long ones. Because in a way, I, I think sometimes it can feel a bit arrogant um, that our, our authors have been a bit arrogant to make such demands on people's time, you yes. know, if they're putting words in for the sake of it. Um, well, it's, it's because we've had a number, I, I think, anyway, I mean, this is only my um, uneducated opinion about it, but I think we've had a run of books which are, um, they've got very complicated devices that uses a kind of a... The the device is repeated, you know, Mm. things like girl on a train, where everything can be explained because she's drunk, or, Mm. you know, uh, something even going back as far as The Time Traveller's Wife, which Mm. I thought we could have lost a couple of Mm. episodes from Mm. that, and I wouldn't have felt quite so... Mm challenged by the end of it because you want you know what's you roughly know what's going to happen yeah and you feel actually you want to get on with it and it feels you end up skimming it because you want to get to the absolutely i read your book in two days Mm. and i loved it i got lost Mm. in in the village in the village life and i knew what was expected of me at the start of the book there were no oh, there was good. that was no mystery at all yes. um, yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very personal thing because obviously some people do like to read war and peace yes I'm not i have to... read war and peace and yes, thought so it's fantastic I. I have to yes. say. but that was a different <laughs> yeah, era i've read all of and a different kind of book gosh yes. yes. yeah then that yes. was 20 years ago yes. i've read very little that long since so yes it's, yes it is uh, something you do when you haven't yeah. necessarily and I, I think I, I naturally tend to because I'm used to writing very short journalistic pieces to, to specific word counts and blog posts to specific word counts and short fiction mm. and flash fiction then I gravitate towards the short anyway yes. and so I'm pretty ruthless with superfluous words so but I can't imagine ever writing a book that's much longer but then you know a few years ago I would have I was still hesitating about writing a novel so who knows I might be back in three years time saying oh about this thousand page novel I've written since yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be filmed in two episodes like the Deathly Arrow. Hello. Yeah, that's it, yes. Yeah, that, that's right. Yes. I think, you know, maybe we're just being slightly, or I am being slightly bitter and twisted because 
um, I do think that someone like J.K. Rowling, who mm. I would never, ever say anything. I just think she does wonderful stuff for writers. And, mm. you know, if you're on Twitter, yeah, go on her Twitter feed. She's role fabulous. Model. Absolutely fantastic role for, model. For children, for readers, adults Absolutely. of all ages, for writers. Yeah, but as fabulous. she went on, the books got longer and they could maybe have been slightly shorter i i think so i think a book that size and it, and it shows how much children love her yes. and old old readers too love her that they are prepared to slog through yes. those enormous books i know with very complex stories yeah. and loads of characters so you know if, perhaps it's just something i find particularly difficult so if you're slightly bitter and twisted about that, that's, <laughs> that's quite possible but best murder and show i it really if you want to sit down with a cup of tea and a hobnob and it, it's I'm not insulting Debbie by saying that because I think actually that's exactly what you you want people to smile. I want to be light and fluffy. I want to make people feel good reading my stories um as with all my other stories as well i want to to make them smile make them laugh but also make them think and and also the the serious purpose behind it is encouraging people to think twice before condemning somebody else and to think about people's backstories um because sophie as the unreliable narrator goes through jumping to conclusions she's the most shocking person for jumping (laughs) to conclusions i was thinking poor man what's he doing he's giving her a jar of honey <laughs> she's she's terribly suspicious of everybody but partly because she's had this or primarily because she's had this very controlling boyfriend beforehand mm-hmm. who has told her um to look out for all these murderers in little villages like there are on the telly yeah. and she sort of just takes it <laughs> literally and it's, it's, yes exactly and in fact in fact um midsummer murders is one of the reasons that i ended up with this title because i was i was um telling a, a, a friend a, a dutch friend a long time ago about um uh, the village show our Hawks, Hawkesbury village show and uh, saying oh yeah we have these prizes for best marrow and um, best costume and carnival floats and he says oh do you have is it like Midsummer Murders do you have a prize for best murder in show as well Ooh, and I was a like great oh title. that's a title I'm having that one thank title. you very much yes, yes it's a fabulous yeah. title <laughs> and of course I mean gosh it always happens when we're on the show together like 25 minutes just flies by and i wanted to mention quickly the hawkesbury upton yes. literature festival which yes. is in two weeks two time weeks t- two, weeks two weeks tomorrow, tomorrow. i can't yes. believe it so having a bit of a return match there because i'm delighted that you're going to come and be part of it this year um and in fact you're going to be leading um a new session in there we have um readings going on all day our sessions of readings and before we've had um people reading their own work but this time because we've had such enthusiasm about poetry we're going to be having like the like they have on, the, on um, bbc radio the poetry please we're mm-hmm. going to have people reading their favorite poems and, and you I'm of course sharing. being passionate about <laughs> keats you're going to chair <laughs> yes. and kick off about your- i've got to i've got to wave my banner for john keats and other people are going to be sharing their own favorites aren't they and the audience yes. are being encouraged to bring theirs in too um and I, it should be fun i think I think so. I think it will be lovely. I think it will go down so well. I have no so idea well. what's going to happen. We've got, we've got a lovely um, uh, setting for it as well. Mm. The um, Methodist Chapel, which is a lovely, cool, um, 
calling the old-fashioned sense of being fresh and light and airy where we have all the readings and it's going to be the the poetry is going to work so well there and I'm very excited that you're going to come and start with Keats who is one of my favourites as well yes well why wouldn't he be (laughs) (laughs) and I should say the festival is all entirely free yes and I think that's that's the kind of thing that you can only do in a little village community like this um and uh, so everybody's free to come and go to the talks, the readings, workshops, activities for children. Um, There's really something for everybody. There is, And yes. I think now that with literature festivals being so yes. popular and on every month of the year, that to have one that's not big authors doing the rounds and to be really sort of grassroots fiction and poetry... I think is wonderful, and, yes. and it's not stretched yes. out. I, I mean, the, we love the Taunton Lit Fest here, but if you want to go for a really jam-packed day full of fun and 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 words, basically, this the, the program for this is. It's fabulous. Yes, I think yes. so. Yes, yeah. I've, I've, I mean, this is the third one we've run, and I've tried to try to make it a little bit bigger and better and more varied each year. Mm. Um, and I've got so this is the broadest that we've had. So we've got talks about sort of creative thinking and about the history mm-hmm. of print, the future of reading, all sorts of things. Trying so to make it more wider and wider to yes. just bring everybody in to, to love reading and celebrate books because reading is so important. Um, yes. To our culture, community, society, the way people think, educate, everything, everything. I'm having so. a struggle reading the newspapers at the moment. Oh, but. gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of those seem more like fiction as well, don't they? Gosh, April Fool's Day, I, I woke up, um, <laughs> panned the news for April Fool's Story, and there were about five that I thought were, were jokes. <laughs> and it turned out to be real. True. Yes. And the one you want to be true, which is the fact that they found a, the National Trust have found a duck. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that was my favourite. I know that was wonderful. Really brilliant. I feel I'm a bit upset for the National Trust that they've just got all this stick about taking Easter out of their egg hunts. Which I think is no, no. I think they are. They have the moral high ground there. So I'm really sad about that because they did. They certainly were superb. And Iceland selling frozen flowers was another good one as well. That had my sister (laughs) in stitches. (laughs) I didn't see that one. That was a great one. Yes. Anyway, we have to stop because otherwise we'll ruin the whole schedule for the morning. <laughs> but tell everybody how they can find out about Debbie Young, a bit more about Debbie Young. Yes, I've got an author website, www.authordebbyyoung.com. I'm also on Twitter at, at Debbie Young BN and on Facebook. Um, I think it's the page is called Debbie Young Author. But all yes, those details Debbie are on my Young website. Author. Yes, go onto her website and find out more. And thank you once again it's a pleasure. for coming in. You've chosen a th- you very, very professionally also managed to write down the name of your piece whilst I was still talking to you <laughs> with barely a hiccup. Would you like to tell us what you chose? Oh. She, uh, she's given us two songs and I couldn't quite get the other one but um, we've got Homeward Bound. Lovely. Yes. yes. So thank you Debbie and we'll have a bit of Homeward Bound. Thank you very much. I'm sitting in Railway station got a ticket for my destination. Mm-hmm. On a tour of one night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand, and every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-man band. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Where my thoughts escaping home Where my music's playing home Where my love lies waiting silently for me 
every day is an endless stream of cigarettes and magazines. And each town looks the same to me, the movies and the factories. And every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be homeward bound. I wish I was. Escaping home Where my music's playing home Where my love lies waiting Silently for me Tonight I'll sing my songs again I'll play the game And pretend mm-hmm. But all my words come back to me In shades of mediocrity Like emptiness and harmony I need someone to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home Where my thoughts escaping Home Where my music's playing Home Where my love lies waiting silently 